Welcome, everybody, to episode number 30 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens, from the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. One day the world will be gone. There'll be no one here to walk the land. One day what you know will be wrong. There'll be no one here to hold your hand. Right now we're crazy youngsters. Time is running out, but who cares? We're running free. They call us crazy youngsters. We don't apologize. We're mad and running free. They call us crazy youngsters. Time is running out, but who cares? We're running free. Hell yeah, we're crazy youngsters. We don't apologize. We're mad and running free. Hey, we got a lot of things to do. Hey, we got a lot of things to prove. Yeah, we, are, we got a lot of room to grow. Yeah, we got a lot of miles to go. So we keep driving. We keep driving. One day when the story's all told, there'll be no more words to fill the page. One night when the stars are all gone, there'll be no more light to guide the way. And that's the uh, verses from the song Crazy Youngsters. It was sung by Esther Dean, and it was made famous in the movie Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, I really like that song. It's one of my kids' favorite songs. But just until the other day, did I really sit down and, and think about what the words to the song mean, or at least mean to me, and how they correlate to the fire service. And it's been—it's got me thinking. It's got me, you know, and especially, and I, and I even wrote about this a little bit in a blog post on the Average Jake Firefighter blog called Johnny Come Lately. And it's kind of that thought, and then I, and then this, these thoughts are with these words on this page. And, and so let's talk about this for a second. And what really, really hits me is the part of the song when they're talking about they're crazy youngsters and they have a lot of things to do. They have a lot of things to prove. They've got a lot of room to grow. They've got a lot of miles to go. And they keep driving. They keep driving. And that really, really, really speaks to me because I feel like that's one of the problems or the perceived problems in today's fire service. We have these crazy youngsters who are doing everything that they can do to prove themselves. They maybe don't do it the same way that we would like them to do it. They maybe don't do it the way that we would or historically do it or the way that we would have done it in their shoes, but they feel like they have a lot to prove. They know they have miles to go. Most of the guys that I talk to that are coming on into the job today, they may not have the same attitude as I had. They may not have the same drive that I have, but I think their drive is just different, right? I think their drive is just different, and they prove themselves in a different way, or they feel they need to prove themselves in a different way, and they approach things different, with a different mentality. And that, like, 
it, it's, it's, and it's on us, right? And so you look at the rest of the song, you know, one day when the story's all told, there'll be no more words to fill the page. One night when the stars are all gone, there'll be no more light to guide the way. What that says to me, when you talk about the stars gone and no more light to guide the way, that's what they're fearful of when the senior guys, the guys that they trust, the guys that they believe in, the guys that they are depending on to show them the way, when they are gone, when they retire and leave the fire service, who will be here? Well, the answer is they will be here. And so if they don't go those miles, if they don't push themselves, if they don't keep driving, then there will be no one here to light the way for the next generation of firefighters. And this was a revelation that I have had here recently. And again, I'm very involved in my fires department. I teach our acting officer school. I'm one of the many instructors that teach in our acting officer school. And I'm sitting there looking at this group of, of, of kids, for lack of a better term. And I don't mean that insulting. It's just that they're way younger than me. Most of them are. And I look at this group of kids with three years in the fire service. And the way that my fire department does acting officers, uh, at three years you go to acting officer school, and then you basically have a year to complete the entire acting officer program. It's, it's a book. It's a class. Um, it's precepting and a written test. Like, so you have a year to get all of that stuff done. And at the end of that year, at the beginning of your fourth year, you can act. And in our fire department too, you have to be an acting officer for two years to be able to take the lieutenant's test. So at most, at, at the earliest you can take the lieutenant's test is six years. Some people don't act right away, but I'm sitting here looking at this group of three-year firefighters that are learning the job of a company officer, or at least an acting company officer. And I'm staring at them. And I, and I just, I don't know why I didn't know this before or whatever, but they are the future of the fire department, the fire service. And then it really hit me as both of my kids have indicated that they want to join the fire service. They've gone to the, the fire camps, especially my older son. He's almost 14. He wants to start doing explorer programs. He's talking about taking EMT as soon as he can. I mean, he's talking about taking his firefighter one and two in the, in the, in the high schools like, like they, they offer now here. I mean, if he goes to work for the same department that I work for, I'll be gone. More than likely, I'll be gone. And the people that are going to be his bosses are the people that I'm teaching in this room right now. Those crazy youngsters. Those people that we just don't quite get. Those people that maybe we just haven't figured out the way to reach. And who hasn't at one time been referred to as a crazy youngster? I still get that. And I think as you continue on in your fire service career, you're always kind of in that phase depending on where you're at in the in in your fire department. Right? Like I'm a captain. 
I'm pretty young to be a captain. And a lot of people remind me of that pretty regularly. So to these guys, I have a lot to prove because I want them to see me as more than just a young guy. I want them to see me as a firefighter. In fact, there are some people that I've been volunteer that I volunteered with. I got in, involved in a volunteer fire department at 15 years old, and a lot of the guys that I volunteered with are chief officers in the department I work with in now. And I want them to see me as more than the 15-year-old kid they met. So I too have a lot of things to prove. And I want to prove it to those guys before they're gone, before the stars are all gone. And none of those guys are here to light my way anymore. I want to prove to them that their fire service is in good hands. The problem is, is that that generation before me doesn't understand me and doesn't understand what motivates me and doesn't understand why I feel the need to prove myself. And my generation is having a really hard time reaching this generation that's coming up. It's no different. And I'm sure the generation before them had these issues and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. We are the problem, the current leaders, the current senior men. We are the problem. It's not the ones that are coming on. It's not their problem. They're the crazy youngsters, sure. They're crazy youngsters. But it's our job to light their way. It is our job to figure out how to reach them. And are we going to be perfect? No. There's never been a perfect leader, a perfect firefighter, a perfect fire ground, a perfect fire department. No, never, ever. But if we don't try to chase that, if we're not trying everything that we can to reach them, then we're failing them. We are not only failing them, we're failing the future of the fire service. We may be failing our children. We have to figure out how to put the values of the fire service into a way that they can understand it and live it. Because most of these kids, and again, I call them kids, not to insult them, but to me, they're kids. Most of these kids, they want to do good. In fact, I've had one of them tell me over and over again, I want to be the best I can be. And I want to train more. And I want to understand all of these things. But it's on us to be able to impart that information and knowledge in him in a way that he can understand it. Maybe because they're so technologically savvy, we have to do things different. One thing that's been very difficult for me to understand and a way that I've had to change is that these kids don't like to talk. They don't like to have face-to-face conversations. I love to have face-to-face conversations. I prefer that. I like to see your body language. I like because I'm very bad at assigning emotions to words. Like when I read a text message, I don't know if you've ever seen that Key and Peel skit where they're texting each other back and forth, and one of them's pissed off, and one of them thinks that he's the being the nicest guys ever, and they meet at a bar with completely different intentions. One of them is ready to have a beer, and the other one's ready to fight and kill the other guy. That's me. I'm the guy that's ready to fight and kill the other guy. I assign emotion 
to, to words, to text. So texting, trying to get things done through email and texting is tough for me. But these guys and gals coming up today, they prefer you to text them. So I've had to adjust what I do. If I have an article that I want this new firefighter to read, I email it to them or I text them and they can do it on their own time. And when I do go to them face to face, it's not in a confrontational way. It's very casual. They seem, at least in my experience, and again, I'm not perfect with it, but in my experience, they seem to prefer that instead of the in-your-face style that I actually prefer. I want someone to tell me that I'm screwing up and I want them to tell me how I can fix it so that I can get to work. Maybe that's probably not the majority of these firefighters that are on that are coming on board our service today. That's probably not the mentality of those guys and gals. And that's okay. It's on us to adjust. And guess what? They will have to adjust to the next ones that are coming on. Because if you think that this group of people that are coming onto our job today are avoiding confrontation and are phone savvy and are buried in their phones, I can tell you the one coming behind them is twice as bad. The one coming behind them, my kids, I love them to death. They're great athletes. They're great students, but they literally do everything on their phone. They don't even, I mean, you know, the, one of the things I wanted the most in my childhood was to have my own TV in my room. Like me and my brother, we wanted a TV so bad so that we could watch what we wanted to watch. Even if it was just with rabbit ears, we could watch something different than what my mom or dad was watching because we didn't want to watch what they were watching. And so we wanted our TV so bad. We begged and begged and begged. Finally, like we got that TV in our room and that was the, the bee's knees, man. So I think being a good dad, you know what each kid needs in their room? You know, we can afford it. Let's get these TVs in their rooms. Let's get these kids. That way they can have their own space if they want it. They can, they can do it. They don't even care. They sit there and watch YouTube on their phone. We have Roku's on their televisions. They can stream anything that we have. They can stream Netflix. They can stream YouTube. They can stream Hulu. All this stuff right to their TV. And it's in their like 20, 25 inch flat screen TVs because you, you got to buy a flat screen these days. No store anywhere sells any regular TVs. And they could care less. They walk around with an iPod or a phone in their face and watch YouTube with their headphones in. That's what they consider their own space and their own privacy. So I'm telling you, if you're having difficulty reaching this level of phone savviness and technology savviness, and, and you're going to have trouble with even the generation behind them. So we have to adapt. We have to adapt. We have to figure out ways to reach them. Like I just said, one of the ways that I have figured out how to to do better is by embracing that technology. Embracing that technology. Send them an article on on their phone so that they can bury their head in it. These kids don't read magazines. I still subscribe. I prefer a book. I prefer a book or a hardcover, a hardcover book or a hard copy magazine. I hate reading on my tablet, but that's how these guys do business. I got, I, I was bringing in old copies of fire engineering and I still do for some of the other guys, but I throw down this uh, copy of fire engineering magazine that I'm done with. And I tell some of the new firefighters, Hey man, I'm done with this. So if you want to take it home and read it, feel free. They're all still there. They're all still there. 
They're all sitting in a chair piled up next to the fridge. But they've looked at fire engineering online. They've looked at firehouse online. So that's just one of the ways that I have found that I'm trying to reach them. Send them an app. Send them that app from Elkhart Brass on how to do pump calculations. They have, they have you know, how to calculate nozzle pressures and GPMs. Send them the app. They'll probably learn it better than you trying to draw it out on the whiteboard. That's just one of the ways that we have to adapt. We're stuck with these crazy youngsters, right? We're stuck with them. So we have to learn to how to reach them. And that onus is on us. They need us to light their way, just like it says in the song. They need us. And it kind of goes into the other point that I wrote about in the Johnny Come Lately article on Average Jake Firefighter, or blog post rather. It kind of goes to that point. It is disheartening to me when I hear well-respected names in the fire service refer to new people coming on or new people coming in to the, you know, and these guys are talking specifically about new speakers or new writers or new bloggers or new podcasters. And they're referring to them as Johnny-come-latelys. What is a Johnny-come-lately? A newcomer, an upstart. That's okay. Just like, and, and I encourage you to go read it so that you can hear all of my thoughts. Um, but what's wrong with being a newcomer? What's wrong with being an upstart? The question that I like to ask each and every one of these people and, some, and, and something that you need to ask each and every one of you when you're talking about these new firefighters, when you're talking about these guys that are writing blogs and putting themselves out there, hopefully for the betterment of the fire service, the question that I think you should be asking yourself and anybody anywhere should be asking you if you think you're going to come into the fire department and teach a class, write a blog, write a... Not are you a good speller... Who were you before you were you? Who were you before you were you? Because I can tell you, I don't consider myself a somebody by any stretch of the imagination. But I didn't walk out of the womb ready to go into a two-story house on fire. It didn't happen that way. In fact, if you talk, and some people are like, I was born for this. And I, and I used to kind of think that, that maybe that was the case. I certainly can't sit or can, you know, think of myself doing anything other than being a firefighter. And it was something that had been on my mind since I was very young. But it didn't happen overnight. I didn't walk into the volunteer firehouse when I was 15 and know how to do everything and become this guy who writes blogs, has a podcast, and gets promoted pretty quick. That didn't happen overnight. That wasn't, that wasn't something. It, it didn't like, oh man, we like how you look. You sound, you look the part, you sound the part. Man, look, let's go ahead and make you a lieutenant. That's not what it took. It took people investing in me. It took people smacking me upside the head when I was going down the wrong path. It took guys like Chief Andrew Baxter from Charlottesville sitting me down and going, No one's ever said you're a bad firefighter, but everybody thinks you're an asshole. 
And he was 100% right, by the way. But no one got into this or ended up where they're at today without someone helping them, without a process, without knowledge, without experience. Nobody. Nobody got into that without training. Nobody. Take anybody you want. Take, take you know, America's fire chief, Alan Brunicini, rest in peace. He wasn't Alan Brunicini at first. Sure, that's his name, but he wasn't America's fire chief on day one in the Phoenix Fire Department. It took years to develop into Alan Brunicini. It took years for Andy Fredericks, rest in peace, to become Andy Fredericks. He didn't walk into the firehouse the first day and go, uh, my name's Andy Fredericks, I'm going to be the god of the engine, and you're going to all respect me especially once I'm gone. That didn't happen. No. And in fact, I guarantee, guarantee that both of those guys that I just mentioned and anybody else that's out there that's, that's up on a pedestal, because that's what we tend to do these days. We put these guys that are just firemen up on a pedestal. But any of these guys that are just on a pedestal, that are up on a pedestal, guaranteed. They had their haters, and they still have their haters. Guaranteed. There are people that referred to Alan Brunicini as, look at this crazy youngster that's coming up through these ranks. What a jackass. I'm not doing what he tells me to do. I don't buy into what he's selling. And, I'm, and I know that there were people that had that mentality with, with Chief Brunacini from then up until the day he died. There are people that probably hours before the man passed away were like, customer service is stupid. I don't like Alan Brunacini's fire command book. I think blue card is dumb. You know how you know? All you got to do is look at Twitter. All you got to do is look at Twitter and you still see people today talking about how much blue card sucks and how much they don't want to use it. So, Instead of bashing these Johnny-come-latelys, these crazy youngsters, how about all you quote-unquote salty dogs out there, how about you embrace them? How about you take someone whose passion for the job may just be interfering with their progression. Because sometimes your passion can interfere with things. Lord knows my passion overrides my mouth and brain on a daily basis. My passion for the job and my desire to be the best that I can be and want my fire department to be the best that it can be and want the people around me to be the best that they can be, my passion for all of that always overrides my mouth and my brain. And it takes people who care about me, takes people who care about me to point me in the right direction, redirect that passion in a place where it can do some good. Because if you don't do that, do you know what you end up with? You get end up with a, a firefighter who's passionate and is angry. Because you know how I know that? Because that was me. That was me. I was the angry firefighter. 
I was the guy who was, no one understands this job like me. No one does this. No one does that. No one does it the way that I do it. You all suck. I'm better than you. Do you know where that got me? Nowhere. It got me wondering why nobody wanted me. It got me wondering why nobody wants to be around me. Why can't I stay? You know, why can't, why doesn't this shift want me? Why doesn't this lieutenant want me to work for him? Why doesn't this battalion chief want me in his battalion? I'm passionate about the job. It took several people who care about me to put me on the right path. And I had, if I hadn't had that, I'd be just some angry, disgruntled a-hole who still loved the job, but had gotten nowhere. And I would have alienated everybody around me. And that's what we're going to end up with if we don't embrace each and every one of these kids who's coming out here. And they're not all going to be perfect. People get into this job for a variety of reasons. It makes me angry too. I don't like being around people that don't care about the job. It is what it is. If you're not into the job, we're probably not going to be friends. But we can still work together. I can still try to get the most out of you. I can still try to get you to at least pay attention to the job while you're here for the 24 hours or whatever your duty night is. We don't have to go camping together or drink beer together or go to NASCAR or go to football games or anything like that together. We just have to be able to work together. And no, I'm not perfect. It frustrates me. But I try to, I try to vent to the people that really care to hear what I have to say instead of venting to people that could care less. And I try to, I try to put that frustration out in healthy, positive ways, like working out like coaching youth sports, venting to my wife, venting to my peers, the people who feel the same way that I do. But we have to give them a shot. That's the problem is that we're writing people off before we even get them into the firehouses. Oh, the hiring process sucks. We're not hiring any. There's nobody good out there anymore. They're not even through recruit school. And we're writing them off because they went through a certain process. We can't do that. That's not the way that we're going to get these crazy youngsters, these Johnny-come-latelys, on board with the right way. That's not the way that we're going to get the fire service moving forward. So I'm putting a call to action out there. I'm putting a call to action to everybody. Senior man, lieutenant, captain, battalion chief, chief of department. It is our job to try to reach these new firefighters and get them moving forward. It is also our job that if somebody's showing that passion, let's point it in the right direction. Don't let them go down a negative path. And don't blow them off because they're passionate. My God, when did it not become okay? Or when did it become not okay to be into the job? And I'll throw a hard challenge out there too. If you 
don't like working in the fire department, it's time to leave. It's time to leave. I'm sorry to say that. Nobody, my good buddy John Dixon says this, and I'm 100% true, and I actually did say this to a firefighter the other day who was bitching and complaining. Nobody drafted you. The fire department you work for didn't come to your house, pick you up out the chair and say, you're going to be a firefighter, you have to. No. You applied, probably worked out, passed some sort of physical agility test, passed a written test, went through an interview process, and probably went through a recruit academy that's anywhere from 18 to 30 weeks. And then you had to get off your probation. You had to prove yourself to your shift. You had to get cut loose. You have to go through the... You, you do a lot of work and have done a lot of work for a job that you hate coming to every day. Nobody drafted you. If you don't like being in the fire department and you don't want to help these younger guys coming up, it's time to quit. Move on out. Move down the road. We'll throw you a nice party. We'll cook you a steak dinner on your last shift. And you can go be happy and do what you do. And then we can be happy getting on with the business of the fire department. And again, we're not going to be perfect. No fire department is. No fire service is. No officer, no person, no human is perfect. We're going to mess up. I approach people wrong probably once a day. But a lot of times, but I'm trying to get better, and so a lot of times I get it right. A lot of times I get it right. And I know this is kind of a rambling podcast. There's no, there's no guest or nothing like that, and you're here, sitting here listening to me. But I'm really, truly passionate about that, and I'm sick and tired of going to conferences where I go to learn and all these jackasses talk about Johnny-come-latelys. I'm sick and tired of them talking about the guys in the fire service, the new guys coming on in the fire service. Why don't you do something with them? Why don't you do something with them instead of standing in front of 300 people going, this guy's a Johnny come lately? Well, how about you reach out to him? He may blow you off, but if you reach out to him and you say, hey man, here's what I saw that you wrote, and you know what? This is what set me kind of in a, in a bad way. I just wanted to reach out and talk to you about it. And if they go F off, okay. At least you can say, hey man, I tried to talk to that guy. He didn't want to talk to me. He didn't like how I approached him about his article or his blog or his podcast or whatever. Or what he did on that fire. That's okay. You tried. You didn't sit on the sidelines or kill him from the cheap seats. You acted like a man or woman. And you acted like, especially if you have rank, you acted like an officer. And you went to that person and told them what was going on, what made you upset. And if they don't want to hear it, then they don't want to hear it. But now you know, now they know that you know. And you know what, and you know how they're going to react to that. And maybe you can't reach that person. But I bet you, probably not nine times out of ten, maybe seven times out of ten, they're going to appreciate it. They're going to appreciate you coming to them and going, hey, I saw that you wrote this. Here's the issues that I have with it. Or here's maybe where I think you're going down the wrong path with it. I'd love to help you if you'd want my help. I bet you they appreciate it more times than not. 70%, 80% of the time, I bet you they appreciate it. 
You're always going to have that person who doesn't want to hear what you have to say. You're always going to have that person that's out there. But you owe it to the fire service. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your fire department. You owe it to your kids that may be in the fire department one day to stop that. To go down there, engage that person, and if they don't want to hear it, they don't want to hear it. We are the stars that are lighting the way. We are in charge of these crazy youngsters. We are we are what they have and we're what they need. Like it says, they got a lot of things to do. They've got a lot of things to prove. They've got a lot of room to grow. They've got a lot of miles to go. So they keep driving. They keep driving. And if we can learn anything from that, it's that we need to do the same thing. Guess what? We're all in that phase. We are all have a lot to prove. If you're a new lieutenant, guess what? You've got a ton of proof to the people that, you're, that are working for you and the people that you're working for. You've got a lot of miles to go. We all do. There are fire chiefs out there fighting for their job because they're trying to prove things to everybody. Trying to raise morale. But we got to keep driving. We've all been crazy youngsters once. And somewhere along the way, somebody was a star to light our way. So let's keep doing that. Let's be somebody's star to light their way. Be someone's star to light their path so that when you are gone, they take your place. And they hold the hand of the next person and says, come this way. I know the path. I've been down this path before. Come this way. Follow me. That's what we need to do. And we're going to have to do it in ways that we never thought we'd have to do it before. We're going to have to do it in ways that we, we never even fathomed that we'd have to do before. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if, if, I, if, I, if, if I, I never thought that my father would be communicating in emojis but he's got grandkids who text. He's got grandkids who don't like, who don't want to call nobody on the phone. If you try to talk to my boys on the phone, you're barking up the wrong tree. He's got grandkids who like to text, so he texts. He sends emojis. He sends gifts, and he sends funny pictures. I would have never thought that had been him. But he's trying to communicate with his grandkids. So if he can do that work, God bless. We can try to figure out some different ways to reach these kids. I will say this, some of these kids are going to have to meet us halfway because there is one thing that's true and evident in our job is that in order to get better at fighting fire and, and, and pumping fire truck, you've got to put your hands on it. So you're not going to learn everything off your phone. You can learn an awful lot off your phone. You can learn an awful lot off the University of YouTube, online articles, all that stuff, but this is still a blue collar job. So if you're a crazy youngster, you need to meet us halfway. Meet us halfway. Drop the phone a little bit more and get out there and put your hands on the stuff and we'll try to engage you in the way that you like to be engaged. So that's a call to action for everybody. 
Crazy youngsters, we're here, we're listening, we're ready to guide you. Meet us halfway. Old salty guys, guys that should be leaders, meet them halfway too. Engage them the way they like to be engaged. Engage them the way that they learn the best. And in order to do that, you're going to have to get your ass out the recliner and go out there and find out. You're going to have to go talk to them. The days of rookie shut up, those are over. Because rookie shut up doesn't produce any good firefighters. Period. End of story. Guess what else? Hey, Johnny Come Lately Shut Up doesn't produce the next Andy Fredericks, Alan Brunicini, Bobby Halton, Kurt Isaacson, anything. So anybody going around dissing Johnny Come Lately's or new firefighters, anything like you're not helping the fire service. You're the problem. So stop being the problem and be part of the solution. I know this one was a, it's kind of a short one. It's going to be a little bit less than an hour, but uh, that's some stuff that's really, really, really been on my chest. It's really, you know, it's, it's really, uh, it's a problem in the fire service. It really is. Um, but I don't want to end it like that. I want to end on some positive stuff. First, I want to, I want to talk about, you know, some of the people that support me, one of them being Taylor's Tins. Taylor's Tins makes metal helmet fronts. Those things are awesome. I wear a Taylor's 10 every day at work, and it has taken so much abuse. I've been very fortunate that ever since I put that on my helmet, I've been actually going to some, some decent fires. Um, you know, my brother told me uh, this the other day. He works for a much busier fire-wise fire department than I do, and he told me this is probably the first year that I'm going to go to more fires than him. I think it's that the Taylor's 10 shield is part of it because that thing is built for abuse. Uh, so I can beat it up, and it still looks just as good as the day I put it on my helmet. So go to taylorstins.com and make sure, you know, and like, so when you go to taylorstins.com, it's not going to be some click menu, anything like that. They are going to make you a custom helmet front. They're going to send you uh, concept art, and it is going to be exactly what you're looking for. You're going to get to work with Taylor, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome experience. Stop burning up leather and start wearing Taylor's Tins. The other person that supports me or other group that supports me, Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear, makers of the MK1 Fire Glove. Again, I wear those every day. They get better every time you use them. Every fire, every training, they just keep getting better. I can't speak highly enough of them. Go to VanguardSafetyWear.com or DingusFire.com to get you a pair of Vanguard Safety Wear MK1s. But I'm telling you, if you buy one pair, you better just go on and buy two pair because if they wear out, Mine still haven't worn out, but if they wear out, I hear that they do eventually, you're going to want another pair because there's no better fire glove out on the market. I've worn all sorts of fire gloves, and these are the absolute best pair that I've ever, ever worn. Vanguard Safety Wear, made for work. And lastly, super excited to finally, finally officially announce the Fireground Commander Conference. I've been teasing it for a couple weeks, a couple episodes. It's been on social media. But finally, we've got the speaker list set, and I can go ahead and announce all of that stuff. March 23rd through the 25th, 2020, at the Henrico Theater in Henrico, Virginia. That's 305 East Nine Mile Road, Highland Springs, Virginia, 23075. We will be having the third annual Fireground Commander Conference, the 2020 
Fireground Commander Conference. It is going to be awesome. This is guaranteed to be the absolute best one that we've had. The lineup is solid. It is one of the most solid lineups and one of the most well-rounded lineups we've ever had. I'll be quite honest with you. We've been heavy engine company focused in the other two uh, set, uh, years of the Fireground Commander. This year, more than ever, we have a well, probably the most well-rounded conference you're going to find in the country. The very first day of the conference is going to be Bobby Halton, Fire Engineering Editor-in-Chief, setting us off with our keynote speech. Uh, Bobby is going to be talking about some great leadership stuff. And if you've ever heard Bobby Halton speak, it speaks for itself. If you've ever been to FDIC, you know that he's going to come in there. He's going to melt your face with his leadership talk, and it's going to be a great way to kick off the conference. Following right behind him is Andy Sacadado from The Water Thieves. If you remember a couple episodes back, I interviewed Andy, and I'm going to bring him back on again, but Andy is talking about all things water, maximizing your water, getting greedy with your water, and that's going to be at 1 o'clock on the very first day. And then ending the day is going to be John Burris, who's retired from the city of Charlottesville Fire Department. Uh, and he's going to be talking about truck company essentials. John is a well-known truck company and tech rescue expert in the state of Virginia. Uh, he has done a ton of stuff. He was one of the only guys in the whole state teaching and above the NFPA curriculum on heavy vehicle rescue and had his own fleet of vehicles that he would bring to all those classes that you could cut on, that you could stabilize, that you could lift. Uh, I, I was, uh, you know, fortunate enough to take it a couple years ago and it was an awesome, awesome class. But so he's going to be bringing some truck company and tech rescue stuff to the conference. Then day two, day two, kicking off with Steve Robertson talking about engine company excellence and the secret, you know, stretching for success. I've sat through Steve's class twice. It's awesome stuff. It is basic engine company stuff that we ignore. We ignore so much on how to do good stretches and how to put hose lines in the right place to make the stretches easier. He is going to give you some very bread and butter basic tasks that are going to make your engine company better the second you walk out the door. It's an awesome, awesome class. And then in the afternoon of the second day, that's March 24th, we're going to have OJ from Magic City Truck Academy talking about truck the truck company officer how to be a better special service or truck company officer. If you have ever seen anything from OJ in the Magic, in the Magic uh, City Truck uh, School and Magic City Truck Academy, you know it's top notch. And anybody who's thinking about or currently riding a special service company or a ladder truck needs to come hear OJ talk. It's going to be great. And then the last day, back by popular demand. His class was so popular last year and people ra raved about it. We decided to bring him back and give him a whole nother day. The last day of the conference is going to be all Nick Martin. Nick Martin from Traditions Training, right now from uh, Salisbury uh, Fire Department, I believe, out in, uh, in, in North Carolina. He's worked in Columbia, D.C. He's from Kentland. Uh, the guy has a ton, a ton of experience, and he's going to be talking about strategy and tactics for the first alarm, and he's going to be the eight-hour speaker on the very last day. So, if that isn't enough to get you fired up, and again, it's such a well-rounded conference. You've got engine company, leadership, strategy and tactics, truck company, water supply, command presence, all of these things wrapped up into three days. Now, I know what you're thinking. How in the world 
can you bring all these guys for three days? This conference must cost a fortune. Nope. Right now, currently, we still have early bird registrations available for $99. That's $99 for all three days, all the speakers, snacks, and lunch included every day of the conference. Additionally, we're going to have some other things going on after hours. Uh, we're going to be doing an event at Strange Ways Brewing uh, in hopes to raise some money for some uh, for a charity. I, I don't know what the charity has uh, been decided for this year. Uh, we're going to have hopefully something at the local 1568 Union Hall on Tuesday. So for $99, you're getting access to all these speakers, lunch provided every day, snacks, drinks, coffee provided all three days, social events, and some of the best learning in the country. I can tell you by far, for what you're getting, this is the cheapest and best conference in the country. You will not find a better deal anywhere else in the country. I go to a lot of fire service conferences, and I can tell you that for what you're getting out of this conference, $99 is a steal. But do not delay. There's only about, the last time I checked, there was about less than 100 uh, early bird, $99 slots, and they're going to go. And then once you go, you, st the regular price is $150 still $150, a tremendous, tremendous deal for three days, two social events and lunch and snacks provided all three days, $150 still at $150 one of the best values in the entire country. Can't make it to all three days? You can buy a one-day pass for $99. So all you want to hear is Nick Martin? Come on and hear Nick Martin on the last day of the conference, $99, and you'll get eight hours of some of the best company officer and command training that you could, that you could ever get. So do not miss out. The Fireground Commander Conference 2020, March 23rd through the 25th, at the Henrico Theater in Highland Springs, Virginia, 303 East Nine Mile Road. Come join us. It's going to be the best one we've done yet. I can guarantee you. I thought last year's was going to top it. Nope. This year's is even better. It's more well-rounded. We've listened to the people that have come in the past. They wanted more truck company, wanted more special service, and they wanted Nick Martin. So we're bringing you everything that you can get. So come join us at the Fireground Commander Conference 2020, March 23rd through the 25th. And you know, like I say every time I finish one of these podcasts, make sure you're spending one hour in the gym working on your physical fitness. You gave up your right to be out of shape when you said you wanted to take this job. Nobody came and asked you to come do the job. Nobody grabbed you out of your house. You chose to do this job. You gave up your right to be out of shape. So spend that one hour in the gym. Make sure you're spending an hour in the library every day one hour in that library, reading a book, reading articles, getting on that, uh, getting on that phone and looking at something uh, at fireengineering.com or any of the other blogs or anything that you can access from your phone. Watch YouTube videos. Practice your size-ups. Get an education. Spend that hour in the library. And then spend at least an hour putting your hands on the tools that we need to do that our job. Just pull the high All I did yesterday for an hour, pulled the high-rise pack off, stretch it, repack it. Stretch it, repack it. That's it. Get those sets and reps that you need. It doesn't take much. 
Not every hands-on drill has to be five hours and you're dead afterward. You can get critical sets and reps just throwing your fire gloves on and stretching hose lines dry, flowing water in the parking lot, practicing your nozzle movements, your hose advancement, your water mapping. You can get valuable sets and reps doing that. You can get valuable sets and reps just putting your gloves on and practicing masking up. So spend that hour doing some sort of hands-on training. One hour in the gym, one hour in the library, one hour hands-on training. You do that, and you'll become a pretty phenomenal firefighter. I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay aggressive. I'm out.